Piotr boys. This time, it was gangly, pimply-faced Piotr who garnered the woman's attention. Nadia said to Misha, You are doing the right thing, Mikhail Isayevich. These children have no future here. We offer them such a chance. She smiled at the boys. Stepan, the dullard, grinned back like an idiot in love. You understand they speak no English, said Uncle Misha, only a word here and there. Children pick it up quickly, for them it is effortless. They will need time to learn, the language, the food. Our agency is quite familiar with transitional needs. We work with so many Russian children, orphans like these. They will stay for a while in a special school to give them time to adjust. And if they cannot? Nadia paused. Every so often there are exceptions, the ones with emotional difficulties. Her gaze swept the four boys. Is there one in particular who concerns you? Yakov knew that he was the one with the difficulties of which they spoke, the one who seldom laughed and never cried, the one Uncle Misha called his little stone boy. Yakov did not know why he never cried. The other boys, when hurt, would shed fat and sloppy tears. Yakov would simply turn his mind blank, the way the television screen turned blank late at night after the stations shut off. No transmission, no images, just that comforting white fuzz. Uncle Misha said, They are all good boys, excellent boys. Yakov looked at the other three boys. Pyotr had a jutting brow and shoulders perpetually hunched forward, like a gorilla's. Stepan had odd ears, small and wrinkled, between which floated a walnut for a brain. Alexei was sucking his thumb. And I, thought Yakov, looking down at his stump of a forearm, I have only one hand. Why do they say we are excellent? Yet that was precisely what Uncle Misha kept insisting. And the woman kept nodding. These were good boys, healthy boys. Even their teeth are good, pointed out Misha. Not rotten at all. And look how tall my Pyotr is. That one there looks undernourished, Gregor pointed to Yakov. And what happened to his hand? He was born without it. The radiation? It does not affect him otherwise. It's just the missing hand. It should pose no problem, said Nadia. She rose from the chair. We must leave. It's time. So soon? We have a schedule to keep. But their clothes... The agency will provide clothes. Better than what they're wearing now. Is it to happen so quickly we have no time to say goodbye? A ripple of irritation passed through the woman's eyes. A moment... We don't want to miss our connections. Uncle Misha looked at his boys, his four boys, related to him not by blood nor even by love, but by mutual dependence, mutual need. He hugged each of the boys in turn. When he came to Yakov, he held on a little longer, a little tighter. Uncle Misha smelled of onions and cigarettes, familiar smells, good smells. But Yakov's instinct was to recoil from the closeness. He disliked being held or touched by anyone. Remember your uncle, Misha whispered. 
when you are rich in America, remember how I watched over you. I don't want to go to America, said Yakov. It's for the best, for all of you. I want to stay with you, uncle. I want to stay here. You have to go. Why? Because I have decided. Uncle Misha grasped his shoulders and gave him a hard shake. I have decided. Yakov looked at the other boys who were grinning at each other, and he thought, They are happy about this. Why am I the only one with doubts? The woman took Yakov by the hand. I'll bring them to the car. Gregor can finish up here with the papers. Uncle? called Yakov. But Misha had already turned away and was staring out the window. Nadia shepherded the four boys into the hallway and down the stairs. It was three flights to the street. All those clomping shoes, all that noisy boy energy seemed...